0: Boker Ora V'Besimana Tava We are now about to begin a uh, a new endeavor that is very, very lofty and very, very beneficial to all our members. And this is the explanation of Sefer Tehilim of David HaMelech ala Vashalom. This is something that we've done in the past uh, on a uh, you know chapter basis we picked Pirakim over here and over there but now we'd like to go comprehensively from the beginning and explain it so our members can benefit not only from the words but also the intent of David HaMelech ala Vashalom. This idea is the brainchild of our good friend, uh, Dr. Rafi Meddeb. may he live and be well. Uh, He just lost his mother, who was a tzaddiket, (coughs) Lily Le'a Bat Virginia, Ruach Adonai Tani Hanna Eden, and these classes from beginning to end will be studied and learned in her memory. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbi, I know many of you are expecting that we're going to say, "Open up your Taelin books to Perek Aleph, and we're going to begin to explain." Well, if that's what you think, you're making a big mistake, because in order to enter the Tehillim, we need to have we need to have an introduction first, before we even open the book. As a matter of fact, we have to ask ourselves how is it possible that we don't shake and tremble uh, when we hold the Tehillim book in our hands? How is it possible that we're able just to read through these chapters in such a casual and uh, a matter-of-fact manner, uh, do we realize what these words are? Do we realize where these words came from? Uh, The explanation of B'otai is why are we not excited from the words of David Amele? Because, uh, okay, go read Tehilim. You go to the bookshop, you take the Tehilim book. Okay, you read, you read, you read, you read, you read. Okay, you read your 10 chapters, you put it back. Okay, next. Uh, Why don't we have the excitement? Why don't we have the, uh, the feeling? It's no different than if somebody goes to the Kotel Ma'aravi. When he goes to the Kotel Ma'aravi and he's expecting to feel some sort of uh, you know, electrical charge in his neshama. And uh, like most people, they go to the Kotel and they say, I didn't feel anything. It's a wall. And the explanation is why. And the answer is because you didn't prepare yourself before you went to the Kotel for the first time. You're right. If you don't prepare yourself, then there's nothing between the Kotel Arabi and the Great Wall of China. The whole key is the preparation. So if a person would say to himself, where am I about to go now? I'm about to go to the place where Adam and Ishaun was created from. I'm about to go to the place where Noah brought a korban when he came off the Teba. I'm about to go to the place where Abraham Abinu sacrificed his son, Yitzhak at I'm going to the place over here where David HaMelech bought in order to, for the eventual place of the first bit of Mikdash, the makom of the first bit of Mikdash, the makom of the second bit of Mikdash, the makom of the third bit of Mikdash, Shibane. when you start to mentally prepare yourself what you're about to go to, and then you say to yourself, lo'zaza, shekhina, that the shekhina, never left this wall, oh, now already the hakdama, the preparation, creates the emotion. But again, if you're just going cold, with any preparation, you're not going to get excited. The same thing I would say with the Tehillim. Unless we give ourselves a little pep talk uh, to prepare ourselves for what we're about to do, then the Tehillim becomes just another religious book, some more religious literature. Yeah, we believe it has some value to it, some benefits, but we're not going to get the full the full voltage of what the Tehillim is supposed to do to us and how it's supposed to elevate us. Furthermore, Rabbi uh, I would uh, venture to say that there's something that's working against us. And we have to clarify and get rid of this item right away. We have to take this off the table immediately uh, if we are planning on succeeding here. <coughs> there is a pasuk in the book of Yeshaya. The pasuk is in Perik, Lam Gimal. It is pasuk Yud Gimal. The prophet Yeshayah says, Asiti, The prophet refers to the people that are far away from God, the Rehukim, and he refers to those that are Kerovim, those that are close to God. Now, if you ask me, who's the who's the Keruvim? Us, We're the religious people. Where the Kerovim? Especially the people that were religious from birth. <laughs> We've been close to God since we're born. And who's the rehokim? Who's the ones that are far from God? Ah, the people that are not religious. And what I read turns the world upside down. That she says, Sorry, rehokim. Who's rehokim? bi ve'osim min Those that believe me and who serve me from under children. Those are the people that are far away from me. And who's the kerovim? Ba'al teshuvah. elay The ba'al teshuvah that just returned to God, he's the one that's cut off. And the one that, in, in, in the vernacular they say, FFB. In, I say, they FFB. From, from birth. The from, from birth. The guy that's religious from birth, the prophet says, oh, he's rahok. He's far away. Oh, the guy that just uh, uh, made teshuvah. He's the one that's cut off. What's the explanation? Explanation is, because we went to yeshiva when we were young, and we learned everything when we were young, when our mind was very limited, and our intellect was very limited, and therefore, since the religion entered our brains, when the intellect was, was at a low level, that's the level we have it on. And very, very few people Review and upgrade it, and advance themselves. They say, "Oh, we know we're not b'deshit, but I learned in first grade and next." And therefore, they don't get excited from it. Therefore, their approach to the religion is very, very. uh, Their connection is very dry because it's very superficial, because their entrance into the religion was at a time where their brain was not developed yet. So therefore, they have a very what should I say, uh, 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 immature or juvenile interpretation of the Torah. So it's, they're not excited about it. Whereas, you take the Baal Teshuvah, his entry into the religion was when he was 30 years old. His brain is fully developed. When he looks at the words, Bereshit he wow, he sees it on a deeper level. Every Pasuki sees, depth. So he gets excited about it. So what's working against us, the is B'otai, is that Baruch Hashem, most of our members have been serving God for many years. And as a result, Unfortunately, we are considered the Hokim. That's why when we pick up the Tehilim book, we've been reading Tehilim since we're three years old. Our father gave us the book, read. Okay, we're reading, we're reading, we're reading. We don't know We don't know what the words mean anyway. They told us you don't have to know what the words read, mean. Just read it and, it's a, and the benefit is there anyway. And that's how we got to reading Tehilim. We're still reading it like a three-year-old. And where we come from, the faster you read it, the better it is because that shows you that you're very, very adept at reading. And therefore, we don't have the connection. Where is the Baal Teshuvah? He's Karov. He opens up the book and says, what is this book over here? Who wrote it? Where did it come from? Wow, David, he was a prophet. He wrote a in Kodesh. How old is this book? The book is 3,000 years old. Rabbi we get excited if somebody will come to me and say, we found an old manuscript of the Benish Hai. I'll put on a suit and tie that day. I'll say Yehishem. I'll I'll, I'll make a party. You found a book of the Benish Hai that wasn't printed? How long did the Binish Chai live? 100 years ago. Imagine they told you, we found an old book of a Kabbalist from Sfat, the missing writings of the Arizal. Wow, missing writings of the Arizal? That's 500 years ago. And the Arizal wasn't a prophet. The Hafiz Chaim says, here you have a book that's not 100 years ago, it's not 500 years, it's 3,000 years old. And it was written by a prophet. And it's his words himself that he toiled in writing. Therefore, if you go uh, into the Tehillim Rabotai and erase all of your childhood uh, uh, memories because that's working against us and you have to come into this uh, uh, subject like a Baal Teshuvah. You have to come in new. Otherwise, we're not gonna feel the Kirbah, we're not gonna feel the closeness we always going to be the hawk. By the way, let this be a lesson when it comes to everything. Let this be a lesson anytime you open up a book in Tanakh. Don't come in and say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this story already. Yeah, I learned it already. Okay, maybe the rabbi will tell me a little extra hindush here and there. But that's uh, no, you got to say, forget about whatever I learned. Whatever I learned, I didn't know anything. I was a kid. Now let me open it up. It's the first time i am seeing the Pesukim and let them, let them come alive. So therefore, the Botei were about to enter a very, very, very old book, Baruch Hashem, we still have it. This book over here, primarily, is used as a book of prayer. Now, I'm well aware that many of our members, especially the ladies, they are avid readers of Tehillim. Today there's Tehillim chats, and you see them just, you know, starting the book and finishing the book over and over again. There's a rotation that's uh, endless. And primarily it's read for a purpose. Somebody's sick. Uh, somebody needs a Yeshua. Somebody's in trouble. And if we take out our, uh, our, our, our weapon, a our medicine, call it the book and we read it. And we have enough experience to learn that it doesn't always work doesn't always work. And there are many uh, of our members that have become uh, uh, despondent and despaired. They're reading and reading and reading and the sick person did not get better. As a matter of fact, he got worse. Lu'aleinu, he died. We prayed for a certain Yeshua and instead of getting a result, we got no results. And therefore, uh, they become a little... um, unmotivated, demotivated, instead of becoming uh, charged, they lose their uh, excitement, a lot of lackluster, uh, because they say, eh, listen, it's hit or miss, it's hit or miss, so you're rolling dice. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. So I have to dispel that theory immediately, Rabotai, because we cannot study the book of Tehidim if the people are not going to know the ground rules of how the book works. If you're going to think that, oh, my daughter's 18 years old, she needs a shiduch, fantastic. I'm going to take the telim, read it backwards and forwards, upside down, and uh, I'm sure now I'll tell her to go sit by the phone, and the phone's going to ring, she's going to get married. If that's the way you think the book works, we have to dispel that immediately. Forget about the book, that's not the way tefillah works. That's not the way tefillah works. Let me explain to you, the way the tefillah, all prayers, the way they work. Just so you have a basic ground level. What I'm telling you now is based on the opinion of the Magid Miduvenah. Do you remember God tells Avraham to go pray for Sedom. There was a city of Sedom, Bunch of criminals, a bunch of terrible people over there. But uh, God comes along and tells Avraham about Sedom. Avram immediately says wow a whole city is going to be destroyed let me pray so Abraham prays a heartfelt prayer if there's 50 Tzad if there's 45 Tzad you remember the prayer of Abraham and then the Pasuk writes introducing this story God says am I not going to tell Abraham what I'm planning to do to Sedom? am I not going to let him know about the impending danger of Sedom? I have to tell him Pasuk continues. And Abraham is going to be the father of a great nation. Comes the Magid B'duvna. What's the connection between the beginning of the Pasuk and the end of the Pasuk? God says, I got to tell him about Saddam. You know why I have to tell him about Saddam? Because Abraham's going to have a lot of children. Because Abraham's going to have a lot of children, that's why I have to tell him about Sedom. What's the, what's the Kesher? The Magid gives him Mashal. The mashal is of an old man and a young man that walk into the suit store. They sell suits, begadim. Well, the old man, before he buys the suit, he has to try it on and he makes sure that it fits him perfectly. The young man, he picks three, four suits off the rack and he takes it he says, I'll take them. The old man says, I don't understand. I have to go into the mirror and check it and look at it. And you, you just take three, four suits, you don't even try them on? So the, the young man says, listen, you're an old man. You're not having any more children. You're wearing the suit yourself immediately. So it's got to fit you. He says, I'm a young guy. If it doesn't fit me, it'll fit my son one day. If it doesn't fit my son, it'll fit my grandson. I'm still beginning of my life so I can take any suit that I take. It's going to fit somebody. The same thing. God said to Abraham, I'm destroying Sodom." God knew that Abraham Abinu is going to pray. But what happened to Sedom? Abraham's prayers were not answered. He didn't get an immediate answer. God actually destroyed Saddam. But Abraham was not despondent. God says, you know why I'm going to tell him to pray for Sedom? Because although he might not get answered today, but Abraham's going to have a lot of children. Abraham's going to have a lot of children. The Pasuk says, Those tefilot that he prayed for Sedom, they might not be getting answered in the immediate but they'll get answered later on for his children, which means tefillot always have a result and a consequence. It's not always immediate. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. So therefore, look what God did. He generated basically a credit. He wanted Abraham to have credit of tefillot in the bank. Who knows, Rabotan? how many generations from Abraham till today, who knows how many of those tefillot clients Yisrael used maybe in the wars uh, against Israel, maybe in the different uh, situations where Klaisir was in danger and God went into the bank and said, you know what, let me take one of those uh, tefillot and bring it out in order to save the children. So you should never think that you wasted your time. You should never think that you uh, you were involved in something that was a a futile exercise. It's never the case. Every tefillah is going to be used. So if I have to give you the mashal, Although the Magid Ben Mashal is a very good mashal. But I'll give you another mashal, just so you can understand it. I want everything that we're saying in these classes to be crystal clear. That there should be no uh, confusion amongst our members. When you go to the store to buy something, there's two ways you could buy. One way is cash and carry. You take the cash out, you pay for it. Boom, you give them the money, and the clerk gives you the, uh, the milk. That's the easiest way. But then there's another way. Another way is, you give the clerk $100, and you say, put this on my account. And therefore, every time you come into the store, you don't have to put your hand in your pocket. It's on account. You take the milk, and they just deduct it. Of course, when you do that system, you have to have trust in the, in the shopkeeper that doesn't steal the 100 bucks. But assuming that you trust the shopkeeper, that he's going to give you the right credit, that he's going to deduct it correctly, what's the benefit of doing it that way? I'll tell you the benefit of doing it that way. The benefit is because when you have the hundred bucks, you might not always have it. So therefore, you give it to the, to the clerk, so for a time that you're not going to have money, you'll still be able to access the, the, uh, the merchandise. Whereas, if you only pay cash, sometimes you're not going to have money, then the clerk says, oh, you don't have any money, I can't give you the milk. So therefore, the benefit of using credit is, because you come to the realization you might not always have the money. So when you have it, you want to put it in credit. The same thing when it comes to tefillah, you always want to have tefillot in the bank. You always want to have tefillot in the bank. You don't know, sometimes a person gets inspired to pray. He gets motivated, he's in a good mood, his concentration is good, he slept good, he ate good, his tefillot are very strong. That's an unbelievable time. Fill the bank up with those tefillot, rabotai. Because you never know, there might come another time where you're not gonna be able to pray. I don't know a person's, uh, his concentration is lost or he's preoccupied, but he tells Borei Olam, do me a favor, take from those Tifilot that are in the bank in order to use them for the situation that is now. So that's already, Rabotai, uh, uh, another mashal, the way Tifilot works. Sometimes Tifilot is cash and carry. You pray and you get a result. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. Of course it happens. But I'm just telling you when it doesn't happen, you shouldn't say, oh, it's berachet battala. No, your children will benefit from it. Your grandchildren will benefit, who knows? Who knows all the zikhoiot that we have in our community? And in Qalai Israel, who knows if it's from our tefillot or it's from our grandparents' tefillot. We don't know whose tefillot are uh, actually uh, moving, the, uh, moving the pendulum. We, we don't know exactly how, how it works. It could be from the tefillot of our, of our ancestors. And listen, the famous story that telling the Gemara Ta'anit. Rabbi Ta, I know we didn't say anything of the Tehilim yet. I'm reminding you, this is the introduction. You must allow me to give this introduction uninterrupted, in order that when we get to the tehillim, we're going to be able to appreciate it. Without this introduction, then uh, we're going to lose out on the uh, on, on on the on, on the potency of what we're about to do. There was an old man who was planting a carrot tree. I don't know if any of you ever planted a carrot tree before, and he was planting the carrot tree. The guy's an old man; he's seventy years old. So uh, uh, a young man comes up to him and says. Uh, how many years do you think it's going to uh, uh, be before it produces fruit? He says, oh, not before 70 years. He says, wow, you're an optimistic guy. You think you're going to live 70 years to eat from the fruit? He says, no, absolutely not. He said, what my grandfather did for me, I'm doing for my grandchildren. My grandfather planted a carrot tree so I could eat the fruit. I'm planting a carrot tree today so my grandchildren could eat from the fruit. It's the same thing with tefillah. A lot of times we make tefillah today because you're planning on having many children, many grandchildren or even if it's not for yourself it's in the bank of Klai Yisrael so therefore never despair or never be despondent if a tefillah was not answered in the cash and carry method sometimes it's going to be answered in the credit method and therefore it's okay you have to float in the bank for a rainy day Okay, Rabbotai, that is the first taktama. and that's why we once explained. The Gemara says in Berachot, Tefillah is Omeded Olam. Tefilah stands in the highest place in the heaven. Tefillah is a very high level. Prayer is not something to be taken lightly. It's called Devarim She Odim Olam. Simply, it means it's in the highest echelons of heaven. But we explained that the tefillah is like clouds. Where are the clouds? The clouds are hanging in the sky. At a certain point, when God decides, he releases the rain, and the rain comes out of the clouds. The same thing with tefillah, they're ondim, they're ondim Every tefillah you make is like a cloud. It goes up to the heavens and it's hovering. Sometimes the rain comes down immediately. Say, wow, I made a tefillah, bingo. The next second I got the customer, the guy called me. But sometimes it's omdim. Omdim means it's stationary. It's omdim bin olam. And the cloud doesn't produce the rain until later. And sometimes it doesn't produce it in the place where you prayed. You prayed for the tefillah in New York, and somebody in Israel gets answered. Who's connected to you in the Shema? Or somehow it'll come around to benefit you one day or your children. So that is the inyan of uh, the power of tefillah in the present and the power of the future, therefore, we're going to start to learn Tehilim eventually, and we're going to start to use it. I'm going to teach you how to use it. We're going to use it. But I'm also teaching you how to accept the results. You have to be ready to accept the results on God's terms, not on our terms. Of course, we want everything now, like a baby. You know, when the kid comes along to the father and to the mother, says, I want ice cream. And the kid says, yeah, I'll give it to you in three years from now. Three years from now. He wants ice cream yesterday. He doesn't want it three years from now. So, tefillah is not like an ice cream cone of a three-year-old that he's spoiled, and if he doesn't get it now, he's going to cry like a baby and turn the house upside down. Tefillah is a, 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 a connection that we make with the Kadosh Baruch Hu, and the results, Allah knows how to, how, to, how to affect the results, either in the immediate present or in the, in the future. Number two, Rabotai. Akdamah number two. Tefilot Avot Tekenun. Tefilot Avot Tekenun. The prayers were established by the fathers. Avraham Tiken Tefilat Shachrit. Yitzhak Tiken Tefilat Mincha. Yaakov Tiken Tefilat Arvit. What does that mean? Tiken. They established. What do you mean? They established. It means Avraham prayed Shaharit. Why I also prayed Shaharit? So what's the difference between me and Avraham Abinu? No, he was the first one. Okay, he was the first one. but he was say? He invented it? What, what, what makes Abraham, Shahrit, so great? Oh, just because he was the first one to pray at that time? And then Yitzhak was the first one to pray at? But that's not the Lashon, Tikan. Tikan sounds like he constructed something. Tikan sounds like he built something. I wouldn't have used the word Tikan by Tefillah. I wouldn't say, Abraham, he prayed, the first one to pray. Tikan sounds like He was involved in a uh, construction of some sort. I'll explain to you the way I heard from my rabbis. I think it's based on the Maharsha. Today we can appreciate it a lot. Today a person picks up a telephone and he puts some numbers in the telephone and all of a sudden he connects himself to the Far East, to the other end of the world. He could talk to somebody at the other end of the world, he doesn't have to raise his voice. He just talks in a regular low voice that he's talking to somebody in front of him, and the voice carries to the end of the world. How does that work? How does that work? So a person says, oh, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to try that. He picks up, uh, he picks up uh, a phone, and he pushes the button. He says, no, 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 this phone's not going to work. Why? It's not connected. What do you mean not connected? In order for a phone to carry the sound waves from New York, to Hong Kong, there is a very, very intricate system of cables that are under the ground, that are overground, that are in the water, fiber optics, a system that costs billions of dollars to create in order to carry that sound from one end of the world to the other. It just didn't happen because you dialed seven numbers into a, into a machine, into a gadget, into, into a device. That device only works because somebody built the infrastructure to carry that sound. But if you don't build the infrastructure, the phone's not going to work. Tefillah is like a phone. When you open the Sidur, you open up the... And also the words, that's like the numbers. You start reading. Mode, you're reading the words. Ha-ish, However, the distance between this world... And the Kisei Kabod is much further than New York to Hong Kong. How is it possible that a human being on earth, his words are able to travel and reach Kisei Kabod? Explanation is, Avraham Tiken. Avraham is the one that established the infrastructure that when a person will pick up the Sidur at the Shaharit time, there'll be a certain cable, a spiritual cable, to carry that tefillah up to the Kisei Kabod. Avram tiken, it's a tikkun that he made. That means, if Avram did not pray Shacharit, you can open up the Sidur of the Rashash at Shacharit, it's not gonna go up. The only reason why at the Shacharit works, because Avram Abinu built, built the infrastructure. Tiken tefillah Shaharit. Shacharit. Oh, and if that's the case, Yitzhak Abinu did the same for Minha. That's why in the afternoon when you pick up your Sidur, you have a connection. So I don't believe it. How in the world can I get up and open a shiddu? And the Kisiaakabor is able to hear me. Uh, like, Baruch. Abinu, he prepared that for you over there. He did, all the, he did all the hard work for you. Now you just come pick up the phone and it's easy. Because you, you, you have the work of Yitzhak Abinu and Yaakov Abinu ala bashalom the same. That's that's what Zimiti ken. But I like to explain it to you with another mashal. Rabotai, I'm going very deliberately here. I want all these points to be crystallized before we get to the next step. If a person was ever on a plane, they will tell you, remember what an airplane was? Ah, this was a... In the olden days when you used to have airplanes, you were able to travel, they used to have a place called an airport, and you go on a plane, and they take you to places. Uh, Today, it's only a thing of the past airplanes. They don't fly anymore. We're not allowed to go on airplanes anymore because of the COVID. Anyway, The airplane is an unbelievable structure. It's made of metal uh, from the beginning to the end, wings, it's a tube, it has seats, it has uh, uh, lighting, air conditioning, heating systems, uh, technology, incredible. However, if you ever looked at the construction of a plane, the most important part of the plane is not the part that we're in. That's the part that's on the side of the plane is the engines. You ever hear they say the engines of this plane, the Rolls-Royce engines, General Electric. They produce the engine. It's the engine that allows the plane to have flight, to, to have liftoff. A plane without an engine is grounded. And there was the same thing, in Tai. Abraham Abinu created the engine of Tefillat Shacharit. That's the Rolls-Royce of Tefillat Shaharit. That means we come with a beautiful synagogue, we have a beautiful bet midrash, we have a nice sidur. That's the airplane. That's the airplane. Everything's very, very nice. We have the leather seats, we have the rug, we have the lighting, we have the coffee. Beautiful. We have all the amenities. But for this plane to get off the ground, you need a Rolls-Royce engine. The Rolls-Royce engine of Shaarit, he created the engine that when you open the sidur, or oh, so it revs up. Not one engine, two engines, four engines. Boom, and it revs up. And Tefillat Minha the same, and Arbit the same. Rabotai, I want to tell you about another great Sadiq that established a Tefillah. This is not a Tefillah of Shahid Minha and Arbit. This is a Tefillah for all times. All days, all moments. And that's the tefillah of David HaMelech ala vashalom. David HaMelech ala vashalom created a power of tefillah for all situations. He didn't only create a tefillah for himself. David HaMelech, when he established a tefillah, that tefillah would benefit anybody that reads these words. It's as if David HaMelech is saying the words himself. So you're getting not only his energy, you're getting his actual words themselves. What? Let me explain it to you better. What makes David Amalek's prayer different than Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov is that David Amalek was a king. He was a king. So what do you mean? The king's prayer was better than the Avot's prayer? Or It's different. HaRambam writes about David Melech in the laws of Melachim in Perek Gimal Halakha Vav HaRambam says something incredible that kings have certain rules they can't marry a certain amount of women they're not allowed to have a lot of horses in their cavalry there's laws why? because the Torah was makpid velo yasur Libabo. They're worried about the king's heart that it should not be swayed. It should not be swayed by women. It should not be swayed by money. They want the king's heart to remain loyal to kadosh Baruch Hu. Bams Lashon is Shilibo who lev kol kahal Yisrael. Unbelievable language. The lev of the king encompasses the lev of all kli Yisrael. That means when we talk about the heart of a Jewish king, specifically David HaMelech, who's Ha'i kayam, his heart has in it the emotions of all Klai So when he prays, all of Klai Yisrael's tefillot are included in that Tefilah of David. So therefore, we have a tremendous, tremendous boost, we have a tremendous engine that David HaMelech created for us, that our tefillot are included in that lev. So when he made these 150 chapters... He wasn't only praying for himself. He includes in those chapters any possible situation that might arise in the Shel Yisrael in the future. It's in these words. I don't want to say the word piggyback, but we're taking a piggyback. We're piggybacking on David HaMelech. He's making the prayer and we're, taking a, uh, we're holding on the back and he's taking us up. There's no book like this. Now let me talk about third introduction the third introduction is vitamins and medicine what does that mean vitamins and medicine the purpose of medicine is to take it after a person gets sick the purpose of vitamins is to take it in order that a person will not get sick that means medicine is reactive and vitamins is preventive. Preventative. The Gemara says in Shabbat on page 32, A person should pray that he shouldn't get sick. Because after he gets sick already... After you get sick already, now you have the burden of proof is on you. You want to get better? Bring proof. Bring zikhuyot. Therefore, the Gemara says, don't wait for medicine. Prayer should not be only something that's reactive. Well, oh, the guy got hit; he needs a Yeshua. Let him pray. Now, once you got hit, it's much more difficult. Therefore, the Gemara is saying, use tefillah like a vitamin. That means pray before it happens, that it doesn't happen. That's a big, uh, a big, big key in Tefillah, Abutai. I'm sorry to tell you, that most people don't know that thing. Most people, there's no reason, if you see somebody reading Tehillim today, what's your first question? What happened? You know, what happened? Because you, you can't just read Tehillim for, for, for future things that, for, for not happening, for avoiding things, no. Yo, oh, he's sick. Ah, he's sick. Okay, flash your out. But imagine you came along and said, I'm praying for so-and-so. Why? Is he sick? No, but I'm praying that he never gets sick. Wow, I never thought about that. I never thought about that. Yo, why wait? So the girl's 18 years old. Now you pray for Shadduchim. No, why, why are you waiting until she's in the crisis? Pray before. Pray when the kid's two years old. By the way, I'll tell you a secret. When we name a baby at the Sefer Torah, when we name the baby, I do it all the time, a baby girl. What do we say? And the name is baby is going to be Sarah. Sarah bat And Bezat Hashim. she should be healthy and happy and get married. Get married. She's not even one years old yet. She's not even. She, she can't even go out on a date. How's she gonna go out on a date? She's a baby. Or she get married For, first. By the way, she should be able to to, 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 to go use use the bathroom first. Let her eat, 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 eat carrots and peas first. No, she should get married. So when the child gets married at 18 years old, so the kid's saying, wow, what is the chute? I've been praying since you were born. Before you were born, I was praying that you should get married. Which means, chai has to know that the power of tefillah is not only during a crisis. That's a medicine. Tefillah is a vitamin. Tefillah is an order that you maintain yourself, that you won't come to these uh, situations. You have to pray always before the trouble. Shelo uh, I, I, I saw Rav Shemshin Pinkas he brought down a mashal teres. he said the six day war which was a tremendous victory he says he remembers there was a lot of prayer vigils around the world in Jewish communities before the six day war people knew crisis is in trouble Egypt is threatening the other enemies were threatening we knew that our existence was in trouble there was fast days there was Lord, and look what happened Look what happened, before, before the war, before the war already there was a lot of tefillah, so going into the war already, the tefillah were already there. He said, he doesn't remember before the Holocaust, Lo that there were prayer vigils around the world as much uh, for the protection. Maybe that was part of the Gezerah, that the Kadosh Baruch Hu took away that koah of tefillah that we shouldn't pray. He made us not think that it's gonna be so dangerous. But nonetheless, Rabotai, you do see tefillah is valuable not only before or after the, after the problem, but before the problem also. That's a great benefit for us. So therefore, the setup, the takeaway from this introduction is your tehillim because value always. You don't have to wait for something to happen to open up a tehillim book. Uh, you're praying for uh, protection and maintenance uh, going forward. Okay, now the... Final uh, uh, step of this introduction, and then I'll review a few so you understand the points that we're making here today. There's a midrash. The midrash is in Yalkut Shem Oni Yoshua. shemesh mehulal Shem adonai, which means the sun has a path. Sunrise, sunrise in the east it goes all the way around, and by the end of the day, it settles in the West. Shemesh. Mizrach Shemesh. From the rising of the sun in the Mizrah Ad Until it lands in the West. So the Pasuk says, what is the sun doing besides shining on the world during its orbit, or during its journey? Mehulal Shem Adonai. The sun is praising Hashem. You didn't know that one of the greatest singers is the sun. Problem is it's on a different frequency so you don't hear it. If you were able to get in the right station, the right frequency, you'd hear the sun singing from morning till evening. And what is it singing? The praises of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How do we know this? I don't want to jump to the Tehilim, but everything is a Tehillim. Every morning in Shahrit, we talk about not only the sun singing, the sun is only one uh, of the members of the choir of God. Everything in the creation sings a song. As a matter of fact, we have a chapter in Teilin. We say it in the morning, it's probably the most important chapter of the Pesuket al Zimra. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the sun sing your song. Let the moon, let the stars, let the water, the animals, the fish, the fire, the snow, the hail, the wind, the mountains, the fruit trees, the cedarwood, birds, kings, nations, men, children, old, young. Yeah, hallelujah, the world. Is singing the praises of God. All of the creation. I quote the Midrash. The Midrash says Look at that. That's what the sun is doing. How do we know this? I'll tell you something amazing. You remember there was a time that Yahushua ben Nun stopped the sun, he stopped the sun for whatever reason. You know how the Torah tells us how we stopped it with the languages? Shemesh On dom. The sun that was over gib'on dom. What does the word dom mean? Dom means by you do was silent. No, that's the wrong word. It should say, Shemesh begiv'on atzad. It stopped. It was silent. I didn't know the sun was making any noise. Says the Midrash, because the sun was singing. And Yeshua told the sun, keep quiet, stop singing for a minute. Stop singing, Dom, stop singing. Why did he stop it from singing? Says the Midrash, because you know what gives the energy of the sun to move? You know what gives the koach to the sun to be able to give such kohot to the world? The praises that it gives to God. That's the gasoline. That's the fuel. When the sun is praising Hakadosh Baruch Hu, it in turn gets so much energy that's able to go. When Yeshua needed the sun to stop, he says, "Close the book for me. Stop singing." Dom. Once it stopped praising God, it lost its energy. It just ran out of gas. It stopped. And that's the whole creation, all the creation that you see that's moving and it's hustling and bustling and growing and producing. It's all because of the praises of Akadosh Baruch Hu. Well, if that's the case, Rabbotai, if the elephant sings the praise of God, I know many of the ladies, they read Perek Shirah, became very, very in fashion today. That they have a book with teachers of all the different animals and parts of the creation that praise Hakadosh Baruchu. Very, very important. I know my wife, God bless her, she reads the Perek Shirah as well every day. When I come home, always when I come home, Hamor Omer. I said, How is it possible that you always get to the Hamor right when I walk in? You no, know, it's, just, it's just a coincidence. Okay, one time it's a coincidence. Two times, every single day, Amor Omer. Anyway, the point is, if the animals in the sun praise God, human beings are, the, are, the, are the, uh, the highest level of the creation, we're the apex of the creation. And therefore, human beings have to praise HaKadosh like Baruch Hu. We also have to sing the song of God. That means, my point being, we always think that Tifilah is going shopping. I need to go shopping. Well, I need this, I need this, I need that. So let's open the dude And we put the order in like uh, Amazon. We tell God, okay, listen, I have a daughter, I have a son, I have one of these here, I need one of those. And by the way, is there a back order on what I asked for yesterday? I didn't get it yet. Uh, I didn't get confirmation on that item over there. And please, this I need very quickly, so put it prime. I need to come uh, uh, today. So you're going shopping. That's a very, very juvenile explanation of tefillah. By the way, the sun gets nothing for what it praises God for. Son gets. By the way, the sun wants nothing. The sun considers it a zikut to praise God. Guess what? If you were to tell me that uh, they're going to put you in the. Uh, the king has a certain king in a certain country that's very powerful and he has an orchestra. And they take the hundred best musicians and they put them in this orchestra and they play music for the king. Nobody would say, what are you going to get for it? What do we get? You know what I mean? We don't need you. What are we going to get for it? You're one of the hundred that's going to play music for the king. That's your reward in itself. You're giving pleasure to the king. And Kadosh Baruch Hu says, if the son praises God and wants nothing in return, God says, listen, I'm not telling you you can't pray and get things in return, but even without that, you have to praise God because you have to praise God. That's what gives us our life. That's what gives us our hayyut. And therefore, you should open the Tehilim book just to praise God, for no other reason. Not because, the, the first introduction I told you is don't expect immediate results. The second explanation I told you, pray before it happens. The third thing I'm telling you, you don't have to pray for anything. You can read the Tehilim, just pray, you know the Guhim say, praise the Lord. Praise God. That's a value in itself, to praise the Kadosh Baruch Hu be part of the orchestra, be part of the symphony. The angels, by the way, what do the angels do? The angels praise God every day. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Ask me a question. How many times does an angel in his career get to sing kadosh, kadosh, kadosh in that choir? Exactly, once. The whole purpose of an angel existence is so once he can stand in front of a kadosh baruchu and say, kadosh, 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 kadosh. Praise the Lord, you're holy, Kadosh. And he said, wow, what is it? He's preparing his whole existence for that one cameo appearance, and it's kedai. And the angel says, wow, it was worth everything. It was worth everything. So too the Jewish people, human beings. I learned from Brim Chaim Brim, he was a great rabbi in Lushanayim, And he once asked us the following hypothetical question I'm going to pose to our members here today. If let's say the Awa Navi would come along and tell you, the person was dead in the grave. And the Awa Navi comes to the guy in the grave, listen, you're being resurrected, you have 10 minutes. You have 10 minutes before we put you back in the grave. You're resurrected, you're getting a second chance. 10 minutes. What would you do in those 10 minutes? One guy says, Oh, 10 minutes, i go to 7-Eleven, get a Slurpee. What are you talking about? I have a Slurpee, there's no Slurpees down there in the grave. Okay, you wasted on a Slurpee. Another guy comes along and says, Wow, 10 more minutes? You know what? I want to go, uh, uh, go, uh, 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 you know, I, uh, there's certain things I didn't tell my mother-in-law when, she, when I was alive. I want to go, go give her a piece of my mind. Take advantage. Of last, everybody would say something else. The other guys, I want to be the hamburger. Everybody would do something. The other guys, I want to go on a roller coaster. Now I'm not scared, I'm going to die. I know I'm going to die anyway, so I might as well go on the roller coaster. You know, Rav And we all, so of course we're religious. We throw Rav Brim. yeah, we're going to run to the Beit midrash open up Harambam, learn. He said, oh, very nice, very nice. He said, but that's not what David Amelik said. David Amalek said, I will praise you, God, when I have life. I will sing the praises to you as long as I am here. That means for David Amalek, the greatest thing that a person can do with his time is praise God. Not, give me this, give me that, I need Praise that in itself is it creates a a, a connection. Furthermore, I remind you the greatest Sadiqim all wrote songs. Recently, we sang a song in one of our She'ulim of Rabbi Lutzato. You know, he wrote hundreds of different Zimirot. The Syrians have a custom on Shabbat we sing Bakashot, these are all songs of praise. Praise of God. Now, the rabbi has nothing better to do? What do you mean? That, that, that's not the question, nothing better to do. That's the best thing they could do. That is the best thing they could do. It's not a waste of time. Look at all the beautiful songs that Ibn Ezra wrote, that Rabbi Yisrael Najara wrote, the great tzaddikim that all penned different uh, uh, praises of Hashem. Now, every tzaddik praises God in their own way, but what's the highest praise? The ve teshpahot David ben Yishai. The songs of David is the highest level. In music, you have twinkle, twinkle little star. Okay, very nice, easy music. You can play that with one finger on the piano. And then you have Mozart. Oh, so now you need, you need to be an octopus to play that. You have to have eight hands on the piano to, to make sure you know the keys of Mozart. So, the highest level of praise that we have in Judaism of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the words that came out of the pure heart And we're able to say those words. That means everybody can become a player of Mozart. It's unbelievable. So instead of having to use your own words, which is twinkle, twinkle, little star, you're able to go nice. Rabbi, I don't know how to play. Play it, open the Tittlin book. only difference is, to appreciate Mozart, you have to understand the music, you have to understand what he's doing. And therefore, it's incumbent, if you really want to connect to the praises of God, imagine you're praising somebody, you have no idea what you're saying. You have no idea what you're saying to them. You're coming along and you take, a, you take a book, a Chinese newspaper, and you're reading it in front of the king. The king says, by the way, I speak English. Could you tell me what you're saying? I have no idea. I'm just reading the words over there. For you know, you're reading the ingredients of your shampoo. The guy not know what he's reading. So what kind of praise is it and you can tell the king, listen, I just know it's, it's good stuff. I know it's good stuff. Okay, it's good stuff. But that, that's not a real praise. The whole key, if you're going to use the Tehillim, is you have to understand what you're saying. Listen up the time. I know we got used to reading daily like a locomotive train, the express train. Guy comes, oh, we read 50 chapters, we read 200 chapters, 300 chapters, we read book 67 times. One word you understood? One word you understood? No, you don't have to understand it. You're right. So it's a mitzvah not to understand it? You, therefore, we should we should go out of our way not to understand it. We understand everything, by the way. Today, everybody wants to understand everything. When it comes to Dineiim, the no, they should have to understand. So you're losing the whole potency of it. You're not benefiting from the connection that it makes with David HaMelech. So therefore, it's incumbent upon us, the to take the trouble in order to praise God, not only, not only before the fact. But now I'm saying praise God for the sake of praise. Why? Why not? We owe him everything. By the way, past performance, forget about future uh, 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 results. Just on past performance alone we have to praise God. But again, in a society that says, what have you done for me lately? Listen, today I didn't get it, that's it, I'm not, I'm not praising you. No. God doesn't owe you anything. You ever, you, anybody have a contract with God? Anybody have a signed contract with God that He owes you something? He doesn't owe you anything. The fact that you have Baruch Hashem, everything working till now. Just for that, we say in Nishmat, you'd have to praise God. <laughs> you have to thank God endlessly, even for one millionth of the kindness that He does for us. So that's another inyan of the Tehilim. It's a Shebah. Good. Last two points that I'd like to make. And then I'd just like to make a quick review of this introduction. And by the way, I don't want anybody to be surprised if next week I offer you introduction number two. I'm not so sure that I'm satisfied with this one introduction to the Tehillim. We might have have to have 150 introductions to the 150 chapters. And if that's the case, uh, so be it. We have to be up to that that, uh, mitzvah. There was one of the great Sadiqim. He saw one of his members reading the Tehillim, cover to cover, and he was all excited. He came to the Rebbe after he said, Rabbi, I finished the Tehillim. So the Rabbi told him, what took David and Melech 70 years to write, you did in two hours? His point being, where does it say that it's a mitzvah to finish the book? maybe there's a value in reading a little slower and understanding what we're reading and understanding the chapters and getting the, the benefit. There was a great rabbi, there was a great rabbi called Rabbi De Fael Shilomo Nanyado. He was the chief rabbi in Halab. He wrote a sempel called Bet Dinoche and. He was a big sadiq. he would sit in the Bit Midrash all day long. When somebody would pass away at a funeral, he would go uh, four steps, walk, and run back to the Bit Midrash. He wouldn't waste time. There was the water carrier of Halab, the, the simple guy who carries the water. When he passed away, the rabbi went not only four steps, but went all the way to the funeral, to the cemetery, and buried him. They told him, Who's this guy? He's a water carrier. He's, I don't know. But when I went out, I saw all malachim, angels and angels and angels flying over his grave like I never saw before. And I don't know, I saw David Melech. I saw the angel of David Melech over this guy's grave. I said, what do you mean? If they're going to bury him, I have to go with them. His son, Rabbi Ephraim Lanyado, Rabbi Ephraim Lanyado, that's the picture of Rabbi Ephraim Lanyado. Rabbi Lanyado, that is. Rabbi Ephraim Lanyado comes along, Yes, that's good. yes, So Rabbi Lanyadu he comes along and he uh, he wants to know what zikhut did this guy have? So he prays to God, please give me the answer what zikhut this guy had. So he comes along and he says that night, the guy came to him in a dream. The water carrier came to me by Efraim Linyar in a dream. And he tells him, listen, I'm a simple guy. I don't know how to read, I don't know nothing. All I knew was the first uh, uh, Sefer in Tehillim. That's all I knew, not only the book, the first Sefer. He said, every day I would come home from my job, i go to the Knis, and just keep on reading the first Sefer of Tehillim. He said, now I understand. Look at a simple guy. That's a guy who didn't even understand what he was reading. But he connected to the first pedic, and look, at David came down to greet him, and imagine if a person could connect to the Tehillim with understanding. My point of that story is to show you, that's if a person just read it without any, but guess what? We're not going to have that excuse. He was a water carrier, he didn't have an education. So he can get away with it and say, oh, I didn't know what I was doing, that's all I knew. But what are we going to say? We went to yeshiva, most of us. We have understanding. And when it comes to other things in life, we demand an explanation. And then when it comes to tehillim, we say, no, all we care about is just read. How many chapters we can read? The purpose of these shehillim is to turn quantity into quality. We have to turn the tehillim into a qualitative book as well in order uh, to benefit from the real fullness of the sefer. Hashem I will just review quickly the concepts that I said today. Number one, we have to read Tehidim like a Baal Teshuvah. The Baal Teshuvah is Karov. It's Karov because he approaches it at an older age. We have to forget whatever we, we were taught when we were young, when we didn't have the proper intellect. That's Rahok. We have to be Karov like the Prophet Yishayah said. We also have to know that Tifilah is Omeded B'ru Olam, it's suspended in the air, It does not always have an immediate effect, but it will have an effect either on Avraham or on Avraham's children, like we read in the story of Sedom. There's two ways to buy products, either cash or credit. Tefilah works the same way. And sometimes credit is good because when you don't have cash on hand, you could pull into the uh, archives in order to get. The tefilot that we're involved in were established by the Avot, They created the infrastructure that our tefillot should have a connection that we can call God and we get a reception. And they created the engine. When you're reading the Tehillim, you're connecting yourself to that engine that David Amalek created. It's still running. It's still running that engine in order for us to to lift ourselves up. Furthermore, Hadam Bam writes that the heart of the king is the heart of Klai Yisrael. So when you're reading the Tehillim of David, he has us in mind. His heart is a big heart and includes all of us. All of what David requested is all the requests of Klai Yisrael. We have to pray not only after the Makkah, that's a medicine. We have to pray before, that's a vitamin. And as a result, we said that one of the purposes of reading the Tehilim is just to praise God for the purpose of praise. I guess that would be a good idea. If you normally read two Tehilim a day, or three teirim a day. One teirim, you should say, this is for the problem. This is for the problem. The second teirim, this is so I don't have problems. And the third one is just to praise God. Nothing, no problems. you have problem. Just to praise. I'm not worse than the sun. I'm not worse than the moon. I'm not worse than the aardvark that praises God. Than the yak that praises God. I'm a human being, which is the highest level of the creation. And then we also see in a botai, that when a person praises, it gives him kawah. When the sun stopped praising Akadosh Baruch Dom, the sun stopped its revolution. The only reason why The only reason why the sun is able to travel is because Because it's praising. And our koach as well, in life as humans, which is the highest level, comes from praising as well. Like we will end off every 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 every, every class that of the that we've embarked upon this great uh, 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 this great uh, uh, concept and idea to delve into his words should be Zakut for us and for the Miruhamed, the Abad Virgin, Zihuto Uzkutan again aleinu. Amen Keny Ratson. Amen can you rats baruch. the baruch. Rabbi, change the camera. What is that? You change the camera. Rabbi, I see it. Okay, I want Turn to take the screen around, Rabbi. Oh, okay. You know, I didn't... I didn't... Hashem, now we can see it. Okay, now, now I can say goodbye to you in person. Now you can say goodbye. <laughs> God bless you, Izzy.